afternoon. Welcome to Fit Talk with Nick. I'm your host, Nick Rodriguez, and this is the show where we cover a broad range of health and wellness topics. Today, we are going to talk about cardio a little bit more in depth and go over something that we like to call motivation, drive, ambition, depending on who you are. You might call it a different thing. Let's dive in. Okay. So last week, we went over how to create your own core circuit. And hopefully everyone has created a little bit of something, maybe one exercise, two exercise, three exercise combo that they are starting to build up in reps and even in time being held. It is challenging. I told you guys it was going to be challenging, but you feel much better after doing it, I bet. Eventually over time, you're going to see some changes. You're going to feel some changes and it's going to keep you wanting to do more. So the topic that I wanted to go over today is cardio. The question I asked myself whenever I started to write this is why the hell should we do cardio? I'm not a big proponent of cardio. I hate it. Lots of other people in the world hate it too. Um, That doesn't kind of discredit what it could do for us and all the benefit that we can get from it. So that's just a personal preference. But there are two things about cardio. It works your heart health and it also works your lungs. Those two in tandem are very important for the way that our body gets the fuel that it needs. So if anybody ever says cardiovascular health and or cardiorespiratory health, only focus on the first half, cardio, running, moving your body, um, making your heart increase the capacity that could pretty much pump that blood all around your body and get that oxygen delivered to the muscles while you're working. And we know that the harder your body works, the more oxygen it needs in order to complete the job. The more adapted you are to putting your body through work, the easier it is, the less adapted the more you're going to struggle with it. That is something we know. If you're not used to walking up the stairs really fast, you're going to get winded. If you're not used to doing any cardio, you'll get winded by doing the simplest of things. And being in control of that, kind of trying to being able to prevent and manage that is a gift that cardio gives us. And that's basically done through the heart. The heart being able to pump faster, pump harder, get that oxygen to your body whenever it's in demand. And while you're resting, your heart rate is just going to stay nice and low because your heart doesn't need to work as hard to get that oxygen all throughout your body. By partaking in cardio, your heart gets that benefit of being put under that stress, as I said. What can that do for you? It can decrease metabolic disease, some heart hypertension, any other blood complications, type 2 diabetes. It can even help because we can get that fat loss component and your body can handle that blood sugar much better. Um, oxygen transfer the way you breathe, the cyclical motions that you can do in everyday life running, you'll be able to do that longer, pack more miles on your feet, and maybe even get faster in the process. And mentally, I mean, it eases your mind. There's been studies that shows that it can decrease anxiety um, and any type of depression. That's on a scale. It all depends on the magnitude, but overall, consistent cardio can help, can have all of these benefits all in one. And I think it's something that we don't really think about when we are fighting our personal preference on whether we like cardio or not, or whether we should do it. Now, it is something that is difficult to do. As we went over in later or past episodes, it's not that hard to get started, though. It all comes down to will, pretty much, and discipline. Can you make yourself do the cardio? How much cardio are we going to do? And what's the time frame that we're going to do the cardio? Another fun fact is that your cardiorespiratory health is directly linked to your mortality. So the more sedentary you are, the less you move overall in your life does have a direct correlation in how long you can live and that quality of life. You do have your outliers. There are some people who are freaks of nature who genetically just don't have to go to the gym, don't really have to work on their cardio. 
and they'll have the benefit of longevity. Um, but for the most part, those two things are linked. So I think it's up to the people to personally take responsibility of that because it's something that we can control to better ourselves and to pretty much get the most out of life and to make our lives as good as we possibly can. Now, what car- what counts as cardio? Ask yourself what that might be. You might think jumping on a trampoline. You might think running around in the parking lot playing manhunt as a kid. You might think playing football, soccer, anything that requires your heart to pump is pretty much what we can call cardio. In a more formal setting, it's a cyclical motion that can be sustained for a long period of time. So think of running, that picking that foot up, dropping it, picking it up, that turnover rate that you have to do every time you pick your leg up is what gives it that cyclical nature. Being able to control your breathing, maintain your posture as you're pushing through the motion is another challenge that we can get from that type of cardio. And again, running is just a type of cardio. There are a lot of modes of cardio. Think to yourself about what other types of cardio that you've been exposed to that you might have partaken or something that you know somebody does. One of my clients is a mountain biker. I will not get on a bike on a mountain to save my life. I do not have that type of control. I don't have that type of maybe possible love to adrenaline, but he likes it. He enjoys it. It's something that he's been doing for decades. So that is something that I encourage him to do. And other people should encourage. You have to do the type of cardio that you like. And I believe that's because there are so many ways to do cardio. It's very subjective on what people enjoy. Some people might like to do paddleboarding. Some people might like to just go on daily walks, which is perfectly fine. Definitely recommend it. That's why people have pets. Some people use a pet as a crutch. Not a crutch, more as like a nudge to move them in the right direction so they could start going outside more and taking care of themselves a little more. Um, But just think about the types. I'll give you a a few right now that I've seen in my life and I've partaken on my own. Mall walking. Very popular for the older population when we have malls. When I was in college, anytime we went to the shopping center, it was a couple miles away, we would always see the elderly walking on the walls, right along the borders of the tiles. Some had weights, some had ankle weights. Some were just sauntering, some were sprinting, <laughs> not sprinting, but brisk walking. And it was, it all depended on the time of day you went, but you would always see somebody walking on the borders of those. Something I used to do as a kid was hill sprints and walks. I used to walk uh, on a nearby college campus. They have a beautiful campus, so take my time in the mornings, maybe sometimes in the evenings after dinner, but it's something I've gotten away from recently, but I've really been thinking about kind of kickstarting all over again. I mentioned a few before, recreational activities, so think soccer, basketball, frisbee, paddleboarding, parasailing, anything that you can think of that you can do multiple cyclical movements in a row is what would get your heart pumping like that. Another one that I like personally is hiking. I do like nature, and if anybody that loves nature should get out more, we should all be soaking up the vitamin C, getting breaths of fresh air, seeing new heights, experiencing it. Nature's got this, everybody can appreciate this seasonal beauty that if you go out in the winter, fall, spring, summer, you'll always see something different. And that's another reason that I like hiking that other people might. You could go to Jacobsburg State Park, which is a location near Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It's it's 20 minutes out, I believe. Um, But it's not going to look the same in the summer as it is in the winter. It's a large place, different vantage points, lots of walking trails. I know people go fishing there all the time. But it's just got 
such a different variety amongst other places in nature that you'll always find while you go hiking. And it is a good workout. It could be as relaxing as you want it to be or as hard as you want it to be. It depends on that speed and pretty much who you're going with. Other types of cardio that I mentioned are gym equipment. So ellipticals, rowers, treadmills, assault treadmills, um, assault bikes. Anything that you'll find in a gym. Stairmasters. Let's use that one. People love Stairmasters. You get a good burn on a Stairmaster. Pump up the speed and do your best. Try to hold it for five minutes. A lot of people probably can't. I'll tell you right now, I don't think I have it in me. I have not worked on those legs in an endurance way in a while. To be honest, I, I got to do a little bit more leg work. It's something we all have to admit to ourselves. Other forms of cardio that you can do in the gym or at home would be med ball slams. It's something you can buy on the internet. Have that at your house. You can toss them up in the air as you do a squat. Slam them into the ground while you do a squat and just aim on speed or focus on speed. You could do step-ups with either no weight or with weight. I would recommend no weight and just kind of keeping the cadence pretty high. Move the feet as fast as you can. Um, but just remember, it's just really got to be cyclical, and it's got to get your heart rate moving. You could do farmer carries, suitcase carries, sled pushes, sled pulls, mowing the lawn even as cardio. To be honest with you, depending on how fast you're going, I wouldn't recommend going too fast. You hit a rock, you might cut yourself. You could get hurt, but you just have to remember that cyclical motion. Now, I'm going to ask you some, is skydiving cardio? The answer would be no. Well, it depends. I would say cardio is prepping your heart to be under the stress that it would experience during skydiving. That's how you could think about that. You run up the stairs, you run up the hill, you work on the rower, you're, you're using the assault bike in the ways that you are to prep yourself for the day that your heart ever needs to go under that amount of stress, such as when you're skydiving. That is definitely something that people would respond differently to. I would love to go skydiving. I'm planning on it. But I know people who do not like heights. If I jump out of a plane, I'm going to find it exciting. If you get my neighbor who's maybe a little overweight, a little sedentary, heck, he doesn't even need to be overweight or sedentary. There are bodybuilders who have metabolic diseases. But their heart might not be able to handle the stress of jumping out of a plane and the amount of adrenaline that would be going through their blood. And for that, they might regret not doing cardio and being able to get their breathing under control and get that oxygen delivered properly without any type of complications with beat. And don't forget, based on those guidelines we went over a couple episodes ago, you only got to do two and a half hours of cardio a week. That's it. Five days, five days a week, 30 minute sessions max. Break that up if you need to. Um, but that's the minimum that everybody should try to hit. If you're even getting close to it, if you're getting half of it, pat yourself on the back because most people aren't. Um, it's just a starting point. It's something that everyone has to build up to. Don't forget that you can cut that time in half if you are doing a little bit more intense cardio. So think of it this way. If you wanted to program for a cardio week, if you just wanted to get started, you can go on the rower for 10 minutes, a couple days a week, build up to 15, 20, 25 if you wanted to mix and match the type of cardio options that you would have, you can do rowing as a more comfortable type of cardio, and then you can switch to the assault bike and get a little bit more of an intense type of cardio. You could even just change up the pace that you're moving on the same instrument. It, it, it's all preference, but if some people like variety. So me, for example, I would go a workout such as squats. You can do med ball slams, which will really get the heart pumping, and then you could switch to the rower. 
And then you can just repeat those three cycles if you want. If you want something, a more cardio-based workout that's just going to keep your heart pumping, tax the legs a little bit, but kind of leave the upper body untouched. So here we got when, where, and who can do cardio. That's just the way that I organize my thoughts. Where can you do cardio? Literally anywhere. At a park, at a gym. Be creative. You, you can do cardio all types of places. In the water, on the land, in the sky. Well, I say in the sky because think of like gymnastics. When they practice floor, they practice all their routines. That's a lot of work for them. Yeah, it is a little cyclical. So I'll call it a lot of strength mixed cardio, but think of it that way. Who can do cardio? Everyone can. Everyone should. However... Depending on health status, depending on where you are at in life and your fitness level, it's always best to kind of go to the doctors, maybe get checked on if you should do cardio. Just meet with a health professional to see if you're there and able to with no risk. If you're cleared for it, then start slow, start with walking, start with, well, start with walking and then ease into jogging. It's something that you can alternate a walk, jog, run. Take it easy at a comfortable pace for X amount of time, pick up the pace for a little bit, ebb and flow. Just work on increasing the intensity over time, and you'll see progress. And again, fitness level is very important to take into account just because you really don't know what your body can handle. And once you start adjusting, it's kind of confusing for some people because they don't understand the difference between pain, soreness, or just like a little lactic acid buildup, some muscle burn. Um, So as you start identifying that yourself, you'll get more comfortable pushing yourself in these types of workouts, whether it's cardio or strength training. And remember, progress slowly. (laughs) Don't don't run 12 miles on your first day out. You're going to regret it. Um, You could probably push your body to like two or three miles maybe. Again, it's all depending on fitness level and what you're comfortable with and what you could really do over the long term. And just remember, give yourself a couple weeks to adapt months even for some people everybody adapts at a different pace and don't worry about all this fasted cardio and all the nuance of cardio what you should really focus on is what type of cardio you're going to do why you're doing the cardio you know maybe you're you're trying to stay in shape for the grandkids you're trying to prepare yourself for a wedding or time with a significant other just remember why you're doing the cardio what type of cardio you're doing where are you going to do the cardio? You can do it at home. You can do it at the gym. Maybe a relative has a rower that you could use or some type of equipment that you can get your hands on for a little bit. Where are you going to do it? Don't worry about who. You are going to do the cardio. And when are you going to do the cardio? So just like anything else in life, you have to fit it into your schedule. Are you going to do it in the morning? Are you going to do it in the evening? Maybe you can't run in the evening because you live in a neighborhood that's not the best at night and you don't want to take the risk. Perhaps you have a gym membership that you can get, that you have, that you can use um, for an evening run or an early run. But it all depends on what your schedule is like and the resources that you have at your disposal in your environment, pretty much. Like, for example, when I go to work, I drive. But the amount of people, now I'm thinking we don't, the amount of people, it's only around five people, but they have the gall to ride their bikes to the gym, take a spin class, maybe work out with weights for like 20 minutes. And then ride the bike home. That's how they fit it into their schedule. And that's and that's how it works. I know another person wakes up every morning at 630 and walks their dog in the morning, walks their dog in the evening. I got friends. Their dad walks their Siberian Husky three times a day. He fits it in. The dog gets the exercise. You have to use these little, little habits. You got to use these 
things in your life to kind of nudge you in the right direction on where you're trying to go when it comes to cardio, strength training, anything like that. So just keep all that in mind whenever we're, well, whenever you're undergoing all this cardio. And I am getting my cardio in order. It's taken me a little bit, but we're getting there. So something that's going to be very useful for everybody, and this can be applied to all six dimensions of wellness, not just cardio or physical fitness, I should say. It could be applied to anything. Motivation, drive, ambition, depending on who you talk to, it's all a different word. I talked to my friend, childhood friend, I've, I've known him for years, does not like the word motivation. David Goggins, popular YouTuber, ultra marathon runner, hates the word motivation. But we're going to keep it simple for everybody because we all know the word motivation. Hopefully we can draw a type of feeling towards it and it can kind of resonate with us. So two types that I'm going to highlight that I think everybody should know and use to their advantage, extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation. Extrinsic motivation is where you gather motivation from somewhere outside of yourself. I'm going to repeat that. It's where you gather motivation from somewhere outside of yourself. Can anybody think of what that might be? Promotion at your job. You never miss a day at work. You're always that star employee. You get employee of the month, six months in a row. All of a sudden, your boss says, hey, we're going to move you up. You're going to get a pay raise. You're going to get some benefits. Good job. Pats you on the back, walks away. We're back in the system. That is extrinsic motivation. They motivated you with a promotion. Maybe a little badge of honor, employee of the month, of course, that title. They motivate workers to keep them moving. Now, that could be applied to anything in life. Financially, let's think about it this way. Extrinsic motivation when it comes to your finances. Make it a goal. You're going to save up $2,500. And when you hit your goal, you're going to buy yourself a video game. Or you're going to buy yourself a dessert you haven't had in a while. Or maybe a new hoodie. Occupationally, is the same way. Not calling out of work. Perhaps you work in a warehouse and the amount of boxes that you need to move in a day is 50. Make it a personal goal to hit 50, maybe hit 55. It's something that you can use to kind of push yourself throughout the day to always perform better. Intellectually, how are you going to extrinsically motivate yourself on an intellectual level? And how can you do that? What does it look like? You know, maybe if you beat 10 Sudoku puzzles, you'll be able to take a break and finally go play Frisbee with people, or you'll be able to go have that dessert, or you'll be able to go have that meal and take a lunch break. Use something from outside to bring value to what you're doing, if that makes sense. You're a restaurant worker. You did really good on that night shift. Extra tips. It's just how it works out, and it keeps humans going, keeps them moving forward and kind of striving for more. But if you know how to manipulate extrinsic motivation that is benefit for yourself. However, there are some pitfalls with extrinsic motivation. Um, I've been doing some reading and my own personal opinion too. Extrinsic motivation can be hacked in a bad way. So some of the things that can be done, if you don't reach your goal for the day, say you don't hit your 50 boxes at work, you hit 47, you could still opt to give yourself that reward at the end of the day, regardless if you hit your goal or not. You'll be more kind to yourself or you might be more hard on yourself, but that's depending on who you are as a person. If you make it easier on yourself, that's when extrinsic motivation is bad. So if you ever wanted to counteract that, what I thought of, and tons of other people probably thought of, 
if you're being extrinsically motivated, someone's giving you money or you're getting a reward, give it to someone else. Make sure somebody else is giving you that reward. Or let's say you know somebody that's starting cardio, getting ready to go to the gym, or is kind of stepping out of their comfort zone trying something new. You, as an indirect third party, can extrinsically motivate somebody without them even knowing it. You know, if your mom is saying, I'm going to eat better, when she eats good, give her a reward. It doesn't need to be anything crazy. It could be a gift card. It could be a car. It could be a hug. Anything that gives them the idea that they're moving on the right path, if that makes sense. You know, if your grandmother wants to move more and wants to start going on her walks, if she's if she's successfully going on her walks, reward her. It, it's the simplest way to start. However, it should hopefully transition into something else. And by the something else, I mean the second form of motivation. And that would be intrinsic motivation. And I think this is something that is hard to find for some people. It definitely comes easier to others. Um, but on the large scale, I think it's very difficult for people to understand this and find this. Intrinsic motivation is where you find pleasure or value in what you're doing. For me, this aligns more with like passion projects and what people do in their life to pass the time. It might even be a hobby. It's something that somebody genuinely enjoys doing. If you like to turn, if you like to turn old dance songs into newly formed hip hop music, that's a hobby. You value that. You get no reward from it. You might not even make money from it, but you are intrinsically motivated to keep doing that. There are people who have jobs, whether that's you know posting on YouTube or trying to open up a company and not making any profit for a long time. They can do that because they are intrinsically motivated with the goal at hand. They really value bringing that skill of production or writing or comedy to a location that they will work and work and hone the craft without any payment, without any IOUs or thank yous or praise because it's something that they enjoy. Think about a kid that grows up in the neighborhood and they play basketball five times a day, two hours a day. How do they do it? Nobody's paying them to do that. They genuinely enjoy the sport of basketball. There is something about it, whether it's the competitiveness, the camaraderie, the joy of making a shot, the the, the adrenaline of, of driving the ball to the hoop. There's something there that draws this, these people into playing basketball for that long every day with that type of consistency. It doesn't even have to be a sport. It could be something as simple as gardening. I have a client who gardens. Now she's in, she's mature. She's got a family, has husband, child. So it's something that she's actually passing down. But it's that motivation, that, that nostalgia or memory of a relative or building habits or love for just plants and, and nature in general that keeps that person consistently gardening on a seasonal basis because it's something they value in life and they enjoy. Yeah, you can turn that stuff into profit if you ever wanted to in life, but at the end of the day, focus on what drives you to do the things that you like. What drives you to play Dungeons and Dragons? Is it the friends that you have? Is it the creativity that is pulled out of you when you're thinking of these types of maps or these type of gameplay or what you want to do? What makes people play video games? There are puzzle video games, there are narrative-driven video games, there are first-person shooters, strategy games, simulation games, The Sims 4. I used to play The Sims as a kid for hours. What? I think I just liked the, like the, 
the organization of it or living living a living a little simulated life to just do whatever you want. I have no idea. I didn't really think too much into it, but there is something about the Sims and, and games and activities that keep people coming back. And when you understand that in yourself and even in other people, I think that is kind of like the key of how you can quote unquote hijack yourself or at least steer your way steal yourself. I think that when you understand what extrinsically motivates you and what intrinsically motivates you, it kind of gives you the tools point yourself in the right direction and kind of keep moving towards your goals kind of deviating off the path a little less. And again, that's something that you have to figure out throughout your life. And, you know, here's a cliche that everybody says, find your why. Now it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's actually a very useful statement. And I remember when I first heard it, it didn't even make sense to me. I don't know why it must've been a different frame of mind where I was, but why, why? What could be your why or what drives you to do something by finding this out by using motivation, extrinsic and intrinsic. There are a lot of things that can be done. All right. So we're going to recap this real quick. We went over cardio, who, what, when, where, and why create your own little cardio program or routine that you can get started. Do it with a buddy, find some a type of support system that's going to help you and hold you accountable. Now, I'm in the process of creating a Facebook group. So anybody who's listening, you're going to have a spot to kind of put your little achievements or goals that you're striving towards, and you'll have a whole little community there to help encourage you, keep you accountable. Heck, you guys can even share tips and tricks and little life hacks or just overall support system. You know, it's 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 an online thing, but it's still somewhere where people can congregate and kind of put their put their thoughts out there, ask for help, a little bit of guidance. And again... Try to figure out what motivates you extrinsically and intrinsically. You know, you hate yard work. What would motivate you to do yard work? You know, everybody has a price. It's something you'll hear in like movies and in, conver- in conversation with people. Everybody has a price. I do not. There is no amount of money that could pay me to hold a spider in my hand. I'm talking a big spider. I'm not talking like little baby spiders or daddy long legs. Even those creep me out a little bit too. But there is no amount of extrinsic motivation that would get me to hold a tarantula. There might be tasks or things like that that you can relate to in that way. That's fine. If you are identifying what your limits are and doing something that you don't like. Now think about something you do like. What motivates you to do that? Are you a painter? What motivates you to paint? It's not money. It's not physical. Nobody's giving you plants. Nobody's giving you new clay plots. Nobody's giving you new bed sheets, paying you money. You're just painting in your room, whether it be a paint by number or whether it be a free, a freestyle drawing. It's something that you're doing for yourself because you value it. And it's something that brings you a peace of mind, whether it be mental, emotional, it does something for you. And I think it's important for everybody to identify that um, in their lifetime. Also, I mentioned it last week, a book called Sugar Blues by William Duffy. It could be any book. Try to read a book. That is the book that I'm going to say for the next couple of months people should dive into. It's only like less than 200 pages. I might be wrong on that. It might be like 250. But it's something that people can challenge themselves intellectually to get started and educate themselves on the good and the bad of sugar, how it was efficient at a certain time in life, how it's been thrust into our everyday lives without people really knowing or people really being aware of it. And nutritionally, 
everybody in the world lacks. Um, that's something that everyone can need, could use help with. And I think that this book would definitely point people in the right direction. So if it's something that you haven't checked out, definitely pick it up online or any um, type of local bookstore. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Fit Talk with Nick. Please feel free and leave a review or share this with friends and family that somebody might benefit from this. It could even be a coworker, anybody. Just spread the word and make sure that everybody is educating themselves and moving in the right direction. And you can find this podcast at rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com. Again, keep learning, stay consistent, and have a fantastic day.